0: On July 5th, Roberto David Castillo Mejia was convicted for the murder of well known Honduran indigenous activist Berta Cáceres. <laughs> Welcome to the Honduras Now podcast. This podcast shares human rights stories from Honduras and connects them with global issues and North American policy. I'm your host, Karen Spring, a longtime human rights activist that has lived in Honduras for over a decade. Thanks so much for listening.
1: In summary, in the opinion of this court, the motive of the murder of Berta Isabel Caceres Flores by individuals associated with the company DESA, in consequence for the actions she led as a Copine leader against the construction of the Agua Sarca Dam in defense of the natural resources, and the water source of the Gualcarque River. For these reasons, the National Jurisdiction Sentencing Court is fully convinced that there is sufficient evidence that gives certainty that Roberto David Castillo participated in this crime as co-author in Berta Caceres' murder.
0: David Castillo is a US-trained military intelligence officer. He's the former president of the internationally financed dam company, Desarrollos Energéticos, or DESA. Starting in 2013, DESA tried to build a dam on the Gualcarque River in western Honduras. The dam project was opposed by the Lenca indigenous communities, the Lenca organization COPIN, and COPIN's coordinator, Berta Cáceres. For months, the community of Rio Blanco blocked DESA's access to the river, forcing Dessa to change its construction plans. Berta fought to stop the dam, arguing that the Lenca communities had not been consulted. After a grueling 49-day trial, the National Jurisdiction Sentencing Court in Tegucigalpa ruled that Castillo's role in Berta's murder was as a co-author or a co-perpetrator, that he had worked with others to carry out the crime. The motive was to stop Berta and Copin's opposition to the dam. During the reading of the verdict, the court allowed observers to enter the courtroom. For over 90 days during the duration of the trial, Afro-Indigenous Garifuna, Lenka and other Indigenous communities and allies camped outside the Supreme Court. For 24 hours a day, rain or shine, the feminist encampment maintained a permanent presence. They set up a camp, pitched several tents in a green space in front of the Supreme Court. Their meals were cooked at the camp. Protests, solidarity, and artistic events were held almost every single day, all while the trial took place in a courtroom close by. On the day of the verdict, all of the participants of the encampment, and so many others, arrived to support Copin and the Casitas family. They gathered outside the courtroom. As they listened to the guilty verdict on the loudspeaker, they celebrated the important news. To achieve this conviction, the Casadas family worked tirelessly. Copine worked around the clock, together with the legal and advisory teams, to make this verdict happen. It's a victory for COPIN, indigenous communities in Honduras, the Honduran social movement, and for the country. Some people might ask, how was the conviction possible in Honduras with the current state of the justice system, the high levels of impunity, the corruption, and the power of David Castillo, and especially the power of the Estala Zabla family who worked with Castillo as Dessa's owners? Well, pressure and tons and tons of it, national and international pressure. Berta's family and close Honduran organizations have gone all over the world talking about the case. US and European congressional representatives wrote letters and made public statements demanding a fair application of the law and justice for Berta. National and international solidarity campaigns in the form of letter writing, phone calls, meetings, protests, artistic events, and the list goes on, all added to the pressure and to let the court know that everybody was watching. All of these actions were led by Copin, the Cáceres family, and several Honduran community-based organizations and leaders. This is Berta Zuniga Cáceres, Copin's general coordinator and Berta's daughter's reaction to the verdict as she stands with everyone outside of the court listening to the verdict as a celebration unfolds moments after Castillo is declared guilty. We just heard the guilty verdict against David Castillo. This means that the people in our struggle have defeated the impunity pact that exists in this case and in so many crimes. We are happy that our struggle has produced results even with all the adversities, even against all the obstacles that exist. We have defeated them. This is a victory for the people. As we have
1: said, the struggle doesn't end with this verdict. It continues until all the people that were involved in this crime are brought to justice.
0: Copin and the Cáceres' family's fight to get to this point has taken over five years. Berta was murdered over five years ago on March 2, 2016, in the context of her three to four-year struggle to stop the construction of the Aguasarca Dam. Close to midnight on March 2, 2016, a group of four hitmen went into Berta's home and shot her in her bedroom. During the attack, Mexican activist and human rights defender Gustavo Castro, who was also in the house, was injured. In 2018, seven people, including the four hitmen, were convicted of murder and attempted murder. Also in the same trial, three intermediaries were convicted of murder. These include Dessa's environmental and social manager, Sergio Rodriguez, Honduran military major, Mariano Diaz Chavez, and Douglas Bustillo, the guy that communicated frequently with David Castillo and hired the hitman. Bustillo is a retired Honduran military lieutenant and the former head of security for Dessa. Copin has insisted that David Castillo is a co-author or co-perpetrator of the murder, but not the intellectual author. Why is this distinction important? Because Copin believes that the intellectual authors or masterminds have not been investigated and much less accused. They argue that Castillo is a co-perpetrator of the murder because he worked alongside others to carry it out. But he was under the direction of Dessa's shareholders and defends his own but also other people's economic interests. Despite the prosecutors accusing David Castillo as an intellectual author, the court sided with the Casares family's lawyers, ruling that Castillo is a co-perpetrator, not a mastermind. In this trial against Castillo, lots of information surfaced. For a deep dive into all the details, evidence, expert witnesses, check out my blog, akiabajo.com for 49 days' worth of notes. But here are some highlights. The first... Just as a trial got underway, the attorneys representing the Casitas family presented a document outlining a $1.2 million bank transfer. The bank transfer was authorized by Dessa's chief financial officer, Daniel Atala Midense, in representation of another company. The money was sent to David Castillo's company, PEMSA, in Honduras. This $1.2 million bank transfer was sent to Castillo on February 29, 2016, two days before Berta's murder. The court didn't accept this documentation as evidence, but the fact that it was revealed the money transfer was explosive. As Castillo discussed giving loans and providing logistics in the operation to kill Berta, as phone data showed, this money landed in the bank account of a company with shares in Dessa days before the murder. The bank transfer also shows the financial role of Daniel Atala, a member of a powerful and wealthy Honduran family. The second highlight I want to mention is that throughout the trial, Castillo's involvement in the murder was demonstrated in two ways. The first way is how Castillo and Dessa's executives monitored, harassed, and followed Berta Cáceres and copine leaders. Castillo did this by maintaining personal communication with Berta. He had meetings, phone calls, and chats with Berta. In the trial, Castillo and his defense team argued that he was in touch with Berta because they were friends and that he cared about her. But this is not true. The prosecution and the Caceres family lawyers argued that this was Castillo's way of using his intelligence training to monitor Berta, to pretend to be friendly to gain her trust, while asking her whereabouts. At one point Castillo wrote to Berta and said, quote, I will do everything to make sure this dam is built, unquote. Four women that were close to Berta, including Bertita Zuniga, testified at the trial. All four of them said that Berta had told them that Castillo was dangerous. Rosalina Dominguez, a leader from Rio Blanco, testified that Berta told her that if anything ever happened to her, that it was David Castillo's fault. Dessa also paid informants in Rio Blanco to monitor Berta and Copin's actions. This information was shared on two WhatsApp chat groups that were both extracted from cell phones of the convicted men. The Itala Zabla family were also part of these WhatsApp chats, where Berta and Copin and their opposition to the dam were the major point of discussion. The second point related to how Castillo's role in the murder was demonstrated, and probably the most damning evidence against Castillo that was exposed throughout the trial, was his communication with Tessa's former head of security, retired military lieutenant Douglas Bustillo. Through Bustillo, Castillo supervised and provided the logistics and support for the murder. While Bustillo coordinated the team of hitmen, found a murder weapon, surveilled Berta's house along with the other hitmen, Bustillo reported back to Castillo. Castillo used his military training to compartmentalize the information between himself and Bustillo. This was a form of protection. Castillo never had to speak directly or have any communication whatsoever with the hitman. That way he protected himself and Dessa's executives, but his plan to keep a distance was not foolproof. What really highlighted this coordination between Castillo and Douglas Bustillo was a failed attempt to murder Berta on February 5, 2016, almost a month before the successful murder plan would be carried out. On February 5th, Douglas Bustillo with head hitman Henry Hernandez were in La Esperanza, Berta's hometown. According to phone data, Bustillo did an internet search on his phone, looking for pictures of Berta. The plan was to carry out the murder that day. In the court's verdict, the judge describes Bustillo's role in his communication with Castillo that day.
1: David Castillo, using the phone number 99900946, wrote to Douglas Bustillo at 9.49 p.m. on February 5, 2016, quote, remember accidents at the scene, unquote. After the following day, Bustillo wrote to Castillo, quote, mission aborted today yesterday it was not possible i will wait for what you say because i don't have logistics i'm at zero unquote bostillo wrote quote leader i don't need information i need to know what you will budget for the work the appropriate means and logistics unquote then david castillo responds the same day on february 6 quote copied mission aborted unquote with this spontaneous conversation between both Douglas Bustillo and David Castillo Mejia, it's notable that they are speaking about a planned event for February 5th. This is coherent with the actions that were later carried out against Berta Caceres.
0: And finally, although I'm definitely leaving out so many important and relevant details, a major theme throughout the trial was the criminal structure that Dessa used to operate. This doesn't just include working with a team of hitmen to murder Bertha, but it showed criminal activities that began as early as 2010. Encouraged by the context of the 2009 military coup, Castillo and Dessa's executives, in collusion with Honduran government institutions, carried out a series of irregular acts characterized as crimes of corruption, influence trafficking, falsifying documents, and criminally conspiring to obtain the illegal concession and energy contract for the Agua Sarca Dam. There is a corruption case unfolding in Honduran courts that link to Castillo's conviction of Berta's murder. The case is called Fraud on the Gualcarque, originally presented by the MASI, the country's anti-corruption body. This case describes all the crimes carried out by DESA and Honduran officials in order to grant DESA the Agua Cerca concession. Once you understand all of the things that DESA's executives and Castillo had to do in order to get a hold of that contract, you really start to understand what Berta Cáceres and Copin were up against. This criminal network is expansive and involves many types of illegal activities, And really displays just how much energy contracts in Honduras involve criminal alliances between the country's wealthy oligarchs, the international financial banks that fund and support these projects, all the way down to the military and the group of hitmen. WhatsApp chats from chat groups extracted from the seized cell phones of DESA's executives and the hitmen were read out loud in the court. In fact, telephone antenna locations and data extracted from cell phones made up the largest and most important part of the evidence. WhatsApp chat messages between Dessa's owners and executives, including Jose Eduardo Atala and his son Daniel Atala Midense, Jacobo Atala, Pedro Atala, and David Castillo were on display throughout the trial. The Atala Zabla family are powerful actors in Honduras. Let me give you a taste of the extent of their investments and powers. Jose Eduardo Atala, who is Daniela Atala's father, is a DESA board member. Jose Eduardo is the president and one of the owners of the soccer team Motagua, part of the Honduran National Soccer League. He's also a major shareholder in an important and large bank in Honduras called the Central American Bank, or BAC, By its acronym. He, along with others in his family, are the official distributors of the John Deere brand in Honduras that is owned together with Pedro Atala, another DESA board member. Both Pedro and Jose Eduardo are cousins with Camilo Atala, the founder and owner and president of one of Honduras' largest banks, FICOSA. Now, I should mention that FICOSA gets a lot of public money via loans from international financial institutions like the World Bank. As of May 2021, right as the Castillo trial was gearing up, Ficosa hired a U.S. lobby firm called Polsonelli, led by former Missouri Congress Rep. Alan Wheat, to lobby against the legislative bills in the U.S. Congress, like the Berta Cáceres Human Rights in Honduras Act. Okay, so that's a, a lot of names and a bit of a digression, but I wanted to give a sense of the economic, political, and financial power of the Atala Zabla family, who are DESA's executives. Now let's go back to Daniela Talamidense, the main Atala that was most mentioned in the trial against David Castillo. So at one point, Daniela Atala was called to testify in the trial. He originally tried to testify via Zoom, but the court wouldn't allow it and subpoenaed him to appear in person. Looking shaken up, Daniela Tala showed up in court and pleaded the fifth, basically saying that he cannot be compelled to testify against himself. Here is a clip from the trial. One of the judges starts by asking Daniela Tala to state his name, then asks him a question that they ask all witnesses. If he, Daniela Tala, has a personal interest in appearing before the court, this is his response. Yes, Your Honor, I want to make a statement with regards to that. In this current process, I am being investigated. There is evidence of this in the pretrial investigations in the judicial file on page 1 and 169 to 190. Additionally, as you have heard over the last few weeks in the expert testimony of Brenda Baranona and David Amador, they have extensively spoken about phone communications. For this reason, and in my condition as a person under investigation, I've been advised by my lawyers and based on Article 88 of the Enduring Constitution to abstain from testifying. This court is based in the human rights of all people, the Enduring Constitution, that gives me this right. After pleading the Fifth, the prosecution admitted that in fact it was true. Daniela Tala is under investigation for involvement in Berta Cáceres' murder. Just seeing him inconvenienced and shaken up stirred a lot of delight in the many people that followed the trial. It's an exceptionally unique day in Honduras when a member of a powerful wealthy family is forced to appear in court and then pleads the fifth. As Berta led the resistance to Agua Dessa's owners, the Atala Zabla family, used their economic and political power to try and stop Berta. In several conversations that were exposed in court, Jacobo Atala said that he had spoken with or would contact the Minister of Security, Julian Pacheco, for favors and inside information. In another conversation, Castillo tells Daniela Atala that he needs money to pay off the mayor of Intibuca. Messages show how Castillo told Daniela Atala, with former President Porfirio Pepe Lobo, to ask him to support Dessa's dam. A bunch of names were mentioned or came out in the trial. Honduran officials that either worked with Dessa or Dessa used their influence or money to buy off in exchange for their support for the dam. They include the Minister of Security, Julian Pacheco, who helped coordinate to send state security forces to protect Dessa's project. Pacheco also would push the investigative theory that Berta's murder was a crime of passion to divert the blame from Dessa in the days following the murder. Judges were also mentioned, including a judge in La Esperanza, that DESA executives asked to help them in order to jail Berta after charges were pressed against her at the height of the Rio Blanco conflict. The mayors of both Intibuca and San Francisco de Ojera were also mentioned as receiving bribes. Public prosecutors and government officials inside the Secretary of Natural Resources and the Environment were also mentioned as being critical in helping DESA push the project forward. All of this information was exposed through the trial process. I'm missing so many important and relevant points, but the amount of information that came out and exposed both Castillo and the Atala Zabla family is another a sign that the process for justice for Berta Casares, even with the recent conviction, is far from over. As the Casares family lawyers argue, the criminal structure that enabled Roberto David Castillo to operate is still very much intact and active. <laughs> On a personal note, as someone who watched every minute of the trial, the most touching moments, like I mentioned, were the testimonies of Berta's closest friends and fellow human rights defenders and feminists, and her daughter, Berta Zuniga. Through these testimonies, the human part of the struggle, Berta's power, her essence, her legacy, her struggle, and her impact came out for all, especially the judges, to see and to feel. As someone that saw Berta as a compañera, a mentor, and on so many occasions, my Honduran social movement advisor, I felt her fierceness and spirit in the courtroom. At one point in the trial, audio clips of Berta's voice were played. In these clips, Berta was denouncing Dessa, the damage the company was causing, and the active involvement of the Honduran state in favor of the company. It was almost like she was testifying in the trial against her own murderer. We still have so much work to do. So many people listening to this episode have been part of the international solidarity efforts to demand justice for Berta, Copin, and Rio Blanco. Thank you for that. Take a short break following this conviction, celebrate this victory, and get ready for the next push to demand that the Honduran government investigate the Atala Zabla family and the criminal structure that remains. Thank you so much for listening today. Check out this episode and past episodes show notes at HondurasNow.org. I'm at home in Canada for the next few weeks as I visit my family. While I'm at home, I'll be taking a break from putting out podcast episodes for about a month and a half. One listener got in touch and asked for an episode on the status of the healthcare system. I will be working on that and other episodes to publish later once I start up again, likely in August. Thank you so much for listening to today's show. This is Karen Spring, your host, signing off. Hasta pronto
1: por un bloque de nieve cruzado y se ven en su fondo sagrado cinco estrellas de paz